Welcome to the Wisdom Lifestyle Money Show. I'm your host, Scott Dillingham. The goal of the show is to show you how you can grow personally, financially, have a larger net worth, and leverage your largest asset to help you develop the person you want to be. I take you through all the steps I did from being nothing to being told that I was nobody and I was never going to accomplish anything, from getting kicked out of high school to owning a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio in my own company with more than 20 employees. You'll meet our partners, you'll meet our friends, you'll quickly discover how you can improve your life. So listen in and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the show today. Today I have a very special guest. Her name is Jillian and she is biking across Canada for sick kids. She's actually already went from Toronto to New Brunswick. And by the time you're listening to this, she's probably on route or maybe she'll be back, but she's biking from Vancouver to Toronto, which is amazing. So Jillian, welcome. So what's inspired you? Did this inspiration to bike across Canada, was this something you came up with when you were younger or was it something that just hit you when you were older? So for me, I guess the first time I had this idea to bike across Canada was actually in Chio in the Children's Hospital East in Ontario. So my little brother, because he was born with cystic fibrosis, spent so much time in and out with chronic lung infections. And that was the first time that we had met someone who was biking across Canada. She had such a, a cool, inspiring story for me. And I always thought, uh, when I grow up, I'm going to, the first big purchase of my life is going to be a bike. I'm going to bike across Canada. So I actually started this bike, sorry, this bike trip with the bike that I had purchased whenever I was 12 years old, which wasn't a very smart idea. It ended up breaking down on my third day and I had to buy a whole new one. That's why this dream has been living part of me. Yeah, I'm 25 now. So it's been at least 13 years that I've been thinking of doing something like this. And uh, now I'm part of the way done and still have a huge chunk of Canada across. No, that's awesome. So when it comes to bikes, do you have a, a preference? Do you have a brand that you like? Ooh, okay. So I'll be honest, the state of everyone seems like they're more and more interested in cycling these days just because I think recreational activities have shifted with COVID and with gym being closed. So I actually purchased the only bike that was my size in about seven bike stores that I had visited. So I ended up picking a gravel road bike. It's a Solo 30 Rocky Mountain, really great for climbing uphill. So I love that. And I'm going to be excited to use it in the West Coast for sure. No, that's incredible. That's awesome. Tell me about your brother. So I know a lot of what you're doing now is to help support and create awareness. And tell me about your brother. What's happening with him? Yeah. So in, as I mentioned before, she was born with cystic fibrosis, had very frequent hospital admissions all throughout her childhood. And in 2014, he was airlifted to Sick Kids Hospital, listed for his first double lung transplant, received it successfully, went on and lived the best year of his life. Like we created a bucket list that year. And every time he craved a new favorite food. He just went for it. Every time that he wanted to experience something, just did it. We have this appreciation that life is very short, but my brother's health declined. He actually needed a second double lung transplant and that then he didn't recover super well after the second transplant and actually ended up needing a third double lung transplant. So he is now the youngest uh, person in the world and also the first Canadian to have had three double lung transplants. He's an incredible inspiration to 
I could, anytime that I lost a bit, like a bit of motivation because you feel like your body is breaking down, I definitely sure. thought about my brother and also how much he's been through. Because he's definitely been through more than any person I've ever met. But yeah, he's currently at home with my parents right now, back in our hometown, and just doing what he can to make more memories and spend some time with family and friends. No, for sure. So how is he recovering now? You mentioned the second one, he wasn't recovering that well. How is he recovering now? So this third transplant has been tricky. He's actually been received testing to potentially receive a fourth double transplant because he is currently again in the stage of chronic rejection. Yeah, but he has such an incredible mindset. And I think it's his mindset that has really allowed him to maximize his life to the extent that he has. He's 23 years old, but he has not really allowed life to put the hold on him. Like he, okay. he really out every day of his life as if it was one of his last. And I'm so proud of him for that. And that's why he's inspired me also to do what you want to do with your life while you're living it, because it's it can be so short and you really have this one opportunity to do it. No, it's true. Like we on the show, we talk about personal and development personal and financial development. And one of the things that we, some of the recordings and previous people we had on, everybody says, you just have to get out there and do whatever it is that you want to do. And a lot of people are, I don't know if the word's lazy, but they just don't get out there and do it. So I actually love the fact that for your brother, he's just doing whatever it is that he wants to do. What does he want to do next? Is there something really big that he wants to do that he hasn't done yet? Yeah. So just prior to the pandemic, and this is honestly wild to me so he had his third double lung transplant and then he really hard to recover as fast as he could but he was very serious about it like he wanted to make sure that he had great nutrition he had like great everything to give him like his best shot at recovering to the best that he could and so he, he actually four months after his third transplant drove from toronto all the way to vancouver and he, he hasn't driven himself yet from Toronto to New Brunswick. So he wants to do actually the opposite of what I'm doing, or I'm doing the opposite of what he's done. Yeah, it's really cool. But So his next stream is to drive from Toronto to New Brunswick. No, that's incredible. That's amazing. We've heard about some of your brother's trial and tribulations and things that he's went through. How has this been for your parents going through all of this? Yeah. I think with the, the three double lung transplants, obviously just moving, like being airlifted to a completely new city is such a sure family to go through. Sure. So whenever we first arrived for it, my parents are both small town folks who are accustomed to seeing more crowds and more greenery and more trees than you do people ever. So it, they were really shocked whenever we got to the city and suddenly there's cars everywhere. There's a lot of conveniences, of course, in Toronto, but it's also super open overwhelming if you're from the middle of a rest. So they had a hard time adapting and then also getting like a, a grasp of all of the new medical jargon that comes with good plan. So it was definitely a lot. It, it did cause them both to lose their jobs at some points. I've also been in a situation where I had to choose between caregiving and uh, and working. And I ultimately I chose caregiving just because it felt like the more important thing to do at that time. But yeah, I know that there's families that are constantly making those choices too. Yeah, I have a lot of respect for obviously all the staff that took care of my brother, but also for all the parents and caregivers that are taking care of 
their loved ones. It's, yeah, it is. It's crazy. And it's the little things that count too. I remember one time I helped out at McDonald's at Ronald McDonald Charity House and we bought food and all kinds of stuff for this little kid. And he, at the end of the day, he hugged us all and said we were his best friends. So that meant so much for him just to get out there and do something. So I think some people don't realize how that was a little thing for me and my friends to do, but little things go a huge way in helping others to heal and, and become better and feel better internally from this. So I think that's uh, amazing. Now we've got to take a quick break, but when we come back, Jillian's going to go into her story of preparing and everything and how it comes or everything that needs to happen to travel from Vancouver to Toronto. So I'm really excited to hear this story. So we'll be right. Okay. Welcome back. Yeah. Thanks for tuning back in. So Jillian, before the break, I mentioned that you were going to travel from Toronto to Vancouver or sorry, vice versa, Vancouver to Toronto. So what is that like? How long do you have to prepare for that? Yeah. So I think already I've learned so much about how to be more efficient on your bike. I think in total, I have about 50 liters of stuff uh, I'm bringing with me. And that's including my water bottles, my food. That's including my tent, my my clothing for the trip, like the socks. But I've learned how to dramatic, like drastically live off of almost nothing now. So all my stuff can either fit inside one 50 liter backpack or basically in two canyons along the back of my bike. But I think, yeah, so I'm very minimalistic now. And I think it's almost like, to be like live off of so little but I also have some really high-tech gadgets with me too so some of my favorite ones are like when I'm biking I'm also generating my own electricity through this company called Little. so they have really they given me some things that I can generate electricity while I'm biking and don't have to worry about running out of juice for my phone but yeah other one is like wow that's two lights and cool gadgets to to keep me out there as well no that's awesome so when you're going, so you're packing lights, is there any health issues or risks that you face when you're traveling? Have you had like low blood sugar? Has anything come up? Like oh, wait. there's one day, it's about 32 degrees outside. So it's just so hot. And I was only carrying about three liters of water on my bike. And three liters sounds like a lot, but on a really hot, it does not feel like enough. And I was probably still about 40 kilometers from my destination that evening. And so, yeah, you definitely get to a point where I was anything that had any sort of moisture. I was like, it's crazy, but you're just so desperate for water. So you, you really, it made sure just because there's more moisture than not having anything at all. So that was definitely the hardest day. And then when I got to the next like village that I was going to be staying in, there was only one Pablo bend open. And so I pulled up and I was probably there maybe 10 minutes before closing. And uh, they gave me like, Oh gosh, the liter of orange juice and like probably four liters of water. So that was amazing. And I literally chugged all of it because you're just so thirsty at that point. Yeah, no, for sure. No, that's crazy. On the road, so you're riding your bike, right? And you're creating awareness. Is there, has there been any like unique people or cool stories that you have that you could share with, with someone that you've witnessed along the way? Yeah. Most fascinating person that I met on this trip so far is this really young man from Japan, actually. So he arrived in, in Quebec just prior to the pandemic starting, and he ha hasn't been able to go back to Japan. He was only supposed to come here for a few months for a very short contract and then head back. So 
So pretty much what he decided to do is to just bike across like different parts of Canada. And he's such an interesting person. His grandparents actually saw the Hiroshima bomb in Japan and their family farm is 70 kilometers from where the bomb went off. And he had such incredible and interesting stories. And that's just one person, but there was uh, so many people on this journey who were just interesting and had so much like knowledge to offer. There was this other couple that had a sign in their yard that said free camping for any cyclist. So I stayed at their house for one night, one sleep. And they were telling me that there's they had met a man who had moved across Canada in just 18 days wow. with only a, and like a little bit of camping gear. And that's basically like a water bottle. I, I didn't get to meet this person personally, but just hearing their story through another person was just uh, wild to me because it took me 14 days to bike from Toronto to New Brunswick. So all of Canada in 18 days. It's such a little gear. Yeah, no, that's crazy. So I realized that guy, he was probably on a mission if you're going to get a uh, bike across Canada in that short of time. But what do you think, like, how long do you think it will yeah. take? I, oh gosh, it is so hard to predict because I've met people that have done it in two I've met people that have done it in four months. I'm predicting for myself. Usually I go about like 120 kilometers a day. It's very comfortable for me. I've gone up to 200 kilometers a day. So it really depends on how hard I want to push my body and, and I guess how cold it gets and if I want to avoid the cold of October. But I think cover as much ground as I can in from currently August to September. And I'll see if we dip into October. That's so It's so cool. I, I truly... I, I love the mission and you've just decided just I'm doing this and you did it. So I really respect you. So obviously this, I think, especially if you keep doing this, I think it's going to spread the Terry Fox run because it's all over the place now. And I believe that you could probably get to something like that. But in the meantime, so you're biking to create awareness. Is there anything, is there a place that someone could donate or anything like that to help along the way to make your trip a success, but also to help others that, that are in? Yeah, of course. So I have a, a Sickens Get Loud page. And if you look up Jillian Lynch, you'll be able to find what I'm doing and be able to donate as well. And I, I personally know so many of the families that you'd be counting and have experienced a lot of the Sick programs that have helped the siblings as, as well as the patients and families of Sick Kids. So I know that it's, for me, the most like life-changing experience was getting to Sick Kids and then being met with staff that really had a huge impact on me and on my brother too. So there's so many unforgettable nurses and staff that are really like heavily ingrained into my mind. And I, I think about that every minute. I just want to say kudos to all the nurses and healthcare workers out there that are doing everything they can through this pandemic too, because you've made a huge difference. Yeah. That's awesome. So what I'll do is when we're done on the show, I'll, I'll leave the recording because this also goes to a podcast there. So the link will be in the podcast for the, the URL. But for everyone who's listening on the radio, could you maybe spell out your website or what it is, like the URL, so people can tune yeah. in if they want to help and support or see what you're up to? Yeah, of course. So my name, so it's Sick Kids Get Loud fundraising page. And then my name is Jillian Lynch. So J-I-L-I-A-N is L-Y-N-C-H. Okay, so that's perfect. No, I, I love it. I think it's so cool. I'll follow up with you when this is live and maybe you'll be able to tune in. I don't know where you are, where you'll have the internet, but on the radio, you, you can tune in and listen live so you can hear that. Or when you come back, it'll be available on the podcast. But thanks for tuning in today, everybody. If you find 
Jillian's story inspiring. Let's support her on her cause and help others and donate any anything I think would be amazing. Any amount that you have to spare, I think that'll go a long way. And thanks so much for tuning in today. If you're serious about real estate investing and you want to take it to the next level with the least amount of time and mistakes, then you're going to want to sign up for our Real Estate Investor Hub. Visit CanadianRealEstateNetwork.com and hit the blue button or banner that says Free Investor Resources. Inside, you'll have access to real estate investing courses, networking opportunities, webinars featuring industry professionals as well as dedicated chat channels to share and get access to unique properties. I look forward to seeing you there.